Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Jeff Henderson. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Launch University. Jeff Henderson, Shane Benson with me as well. Shane, I want to give a shout out to three listeners who've listened to every single episode. Jim Green. Jim Green. Brooklyn Warren. Brooklyn Warren. And Austin Causey. Austin Causey. Congratulations, I don't even think David Farmer's listened to every episode. (laughs) So I just want to give a shout out. Jim, actually, I was at a wedding. Uh, I was doing a wedding a few days ago. Jim came up and said, I've listened to every episode. So Jim, thank you for that. And may your tribe increase. Well, And I'll give a shout out now that we're doing it. And then we'll introduce our special guest today. But Renee Grogan has listened to a ton of our podcasts. And actually, I'm grateful because she's actually given us feedback on how to get better. So Renee, I want to say thank you to you. Uh, You're a valued listener. So thank you. A moment of Mary, brought to you by Starbucks. That first peppermint mocha sip, topped with whip. Fuzzy sweaters and time together. A cup in hand with all or no plans. At Starbucks, festive is a tap away. Download the app today. And always uh, send us feedback. We, as Shane said, we love it. Good, bad, or ugly. And we're just so honored that you're along for the ride. And today is, I think, a perfect example of why we started Launch University. We wanted to connect with friends and influencers that are doing great things in the world. And Blake Canterbury is a fantastic example of that. It was fun for me to see you guys reconnect that because you, you did some work even and you had to get yeah, kind of Chick-fil-A. We actually uh, worked on the launch of Chick-fil-A one. And so um, we go back a little bit, but um, you've been busy, my friend. You have been busy <laughs> for sure. And we're going to jump into that for sure. So in speaking of launching, Blake is uh, just you know, hours away from this gigantic launch, and it's all around a fantastic idea called Proposity. So, tell us about it, Blake. How did you get there? And then we're going to talk about the idea. Then we're also going to talk about how you're feeling just a few, you know, literally uh, days and hours away from the big, the big launch. Uh, yeah. So great. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, so Proposity really started from a simple place. Um, we felt like people wanted to do good in the world. They typically just didn't know where to start. And so when we looked at the landscape of philanthropy in general, most of it was reduced to two things. You either give money to a big pot of money and you don't fully know where your money's going. You don't see the impact of it tangibly, or you volunteer for an organization that you may or may not care about. And so we thought, can we reimagine it from the ground up? Can it be transparent? Can it be quick and easy? Can it be fun and exciting? No Sarah McLaughlin, sad songs playing in the background, (laughs) begging for money. Um, We're like, we should create generosity for our generation. And so really what we started with was what we thought was the hardest piece of this. We can do a doctor's appointment from our cell phone, but we have no idea if somebody two streets over from us has food to eat or clothes to wear. Wow. And so with, per, with Purposity, that fully begins to change in a community. So our model is we walk into a, a lo, we go into a local community, we partner with local schools and nonprofits. They have systems for moving people from poverty to sustainability, and we want to drive more resources to them. So for example, a school social worker will walk into a house, they'll see a kid sleeping on the floor, and they'll pull out their cell phone and enter that story into Purposity. Or a kid walks into Atlanta public schools on the first day of school school with holes in their shoes. Now the teacher's able to put that story into our system. And our belief is that you would help your neighbor with that if you only knew that they needed that pair of shoes or a bed. So from a user perspective, we ask users to simply sign up, create an account, download the app, 
and once a week you get a notification of an opportunity to do good. Um, and it may be a family whose house burned down or a kid that needs a pair of shoes. If you're busy, you ignore your notification. If you have two minutes, you follow a link in that. You read the story, see the organization that vetted it. And if you want to help, it takes you less than one minute to meet the need. And it's on their doorstep in two days. I, I'm, I'm literally speechless. I'm like, <laughs> this is a wonderful idea. I mean... I'm a little nervous that my credit card is going to be attached to this and it's just going to come <laughs> flying out of my bank account because I want to help so many people, right? And I think people, I think that's what you're probably going for is this opportunity. Little do we know the person walking down the street has a need and if only we knew we could help. And that's what I feel like this app is going to be able to do. A hundred percent, you know, and it's, it's for a lot of different reasons. I think people feel like I'm a good person, but the reality is we don't wake up every day trying to change the world, right? Like we're distracted, our lives are busy, there's a lot going on, and then I think personally a lot of times we probably look, no, not you guys, but I think a lot of us probably look at our financial statements at the end of the year, we're like, oh, what are our tax deductions? I wasn't really as generous as I felt like I was. Right. And my life just didn't reflect who I felt like I was. And I, a personal belief that information doesn't drive action, but action steps drive action. So when we were building this, we thought, let's not change your habit. Don't change your life. Simply sign up for this and we'll intersect you once a week with an opportunity to do good. And that's it. And it's an action step in your pocket. And I think it just allows you to be the type of person that you've always thought you were. Now you're, you're a classic example of one of the things we try to tell launchers, Blake, is we want to take good intentions, turn them into reality, and sustain them. But you had a really good intention. Hey, I want to help people. How did you go from good intention to reality? Great question. <laughs> my, my thought is, where do I start? <laughs> um, so I think... One of the origin stories for me was it was a pivotal moment and I didn't know it was a pivotal moment. In middle school, I was with a friend uh, and they lived in a trailer park and the refrigerator went out one day. And I remember their, my, my friend's parents getting into this fight and it's, I told you not to spend money here, told you not to do this. And I watched this refrigerator cause so much tension in this family. And I realized so many of us are literally one phone call from our knees. Hmm. And then later that night, I went to spend the night with another friend and they, they lived in the country club in town and we walked into their garage and I'll never forget it. The garage door opened up and his dad was a hunter and in there sat three refrigerators full of wow. meat that he was a hunter and freezers. And I thought, these are really good people. They would give one of those if they only knew. I was a really shy kid. I did nothing about it. I didn't tell anybody. Um, and then I think as I grew up and moved to Atlanta, I saw real poverty and then I saw real wealth. And I, I, for me, I just lived in that tension. I didn't set out trying to solve it. But when social media really began to, to skyrocket, I was fascinated with the potential to communicate a message to millions of people at one time and thought there's got to be a way to leverage this for good. It can't be about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich I had for lunch. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of as, as life went on, I, I became worked at uh, an agency. That's where we intersected with some Chick-fil-A projects. And while I was there, I got an email from a homeless liaison um, at a school district. And her email to me said, Blake, I had no idea the homeless issue inside of our schools across Georgia. She's like, it takes weeks and sometimes months to track down basic resources for kids that live in poverty. And she's like, is there a technology solution to put around this? And then f listed 50 items that she needed. And they were basic things, you know, clothes and food and shoes. 
And so we took a group of developers and we started moonlighting on nights and weekends using human-centered design saying, how do we solve for this problem? Gave them a basic, I, I kept my job, I stayed at my job, um, but for the, we gave them an MVP technology and three months later they came back and said, you fundamentally solved this issue for us. Every school district in the country is facing the same thing and almost every nonprofit, you probably need to do something about it. So long story short, three months before uh, I got married to a CPA, I quit my job and went full, <laughs> full into doing this. You know, it's really interesting. We're, we're on a journey right now of learning some strategy from bank consulting out up in Boston. And uh, they start with this. Uh, if you think about goal setting as really a pyramid, at the very top of that is your ambition or your purpose or your vision. You had a, you had a vision. We just wanted to help people in need. But these, they asked two questions right after. Right below that is, where are we going to play and how are we going to win? And I just think that is powerful because you, you know, through that example of, okay, let's start with, here's a place to play. It's called a public school campus where there are kids that literally have needs and we have no idea what's happening in their lives. And then how do we win? Well, we've got to take technology and connect that with need. And uh, there, therein lies the business opportunity or the opportunity to help. And so I love, I love how you guys came about that. And it's evident that you have a real passion to help people, but now you're leveraging technology to do so. Yeah. And I like the illustration you use. That's great. Um, but I think the healthiest thing you can do when you're starting something is start with a real problem. And for us, mm -hmm. the problem fell in our lap. It was wow, this is clearly an issue. On the flip side, the solution to the problem was in all of us. It's in millions of people. And we're like, if we can just package that, figure out what the felt need is from the user side that doesn't exist now, then it's a matter of just marrying the two. And, and there's a lot of chicken or the egg. It sounds easy. There's a lot of issues like, how do you scale both at the same time and, and figure it all out? And we'll learn as we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, understanding where do you start? How do you find the problem? And then what's the solution? And give us the timeline right now. You're hours away from really launching this. Take us back to... Okay, the the name Proposity or you know kind of the infancy. What what's the timeline? How long did it take you to get from there to where we are now? Yeah, so the name is interesting. So we married purpose and generosity and called oh, it Proposity. Love, by the way, it's awesome. And really, when I got the email from Jamie, the homeless liaison, that was spring of 2016. So we built the MVP version of that. During that spring, they ran it, and in May is when they came back to us and said, you need to do something about this. We launched, um, we say we officially launched uh, fall of 2016, and we only launched with Forsyth County School System. And our goal was, let's run one for an entire year. Let's learn everything we can about this. Let's get the bugs worked out. Um, and we put together a little 60-second commercial to show how this works. Forsyth County put it out, and we had user signups from 30 different states in the first week. And we're like, oh, man, I don't know how long we're going to be able to hold this thing back. And so, it, granted, we, don't, like, we didn't have millions of users sign up, but it was fun to see people get on board. So we, we ended up running um, five different school districts the first year. Here we are, 2018. We're two years later. We're running, uh, we just crossed 10,000 transactions, 25,000 users, um, and we hope that this week will be, we should be at a run rate of being able to do 250 to half a million needs in the next two years. 
again, there's too many jaw dropping moments. <laughs> it's like, what? How are you doing? That's amazing. I am kind of curious. I would imagine, Blake, that during this process, there have been some lows. There have been some points where you're like, I don't know. Is this really, I mean, are we going to be able to do this? Highlight for us maybe, because I do think there's sometimes there's listeners out there that are in a, a rut or a valley right now, and they got to figure out how to get out of it. What did you get? What was the low? And then what did you do to get your organization out of that? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, there are no lows in a startup. <laughs> you know, I saw a diagram the other day and, uh, and it was basically at 830 in the morning. You're like, I'm going to change the world. By 10 o'clock, you're like, this is a terrible idea. By noon, you're like, I quit. I'm firing our whole team. Uh, and by five, you had a great conversation. You're like, oh, we're going to change the world again. Um, sounds like my golf game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that one last shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the lows that we've had, um, probably more some of those were were personal in the middle of the whole thing you, with the small startup team navigating funding is a big issue mm. because i personally just want to be a good steward of the money um, and in a world where everybody's having huge valuations it it's easy to raise a lot of money right now i felt like we could learn more if we were lean that may have been a terrible idea we'll find out as we go um, because we have i don't think it is i think it's a smart idea but keep going <laughs> Uh, but to that point, we haven't we haven't raised a lot of money. We've had two private uh, donors so far that have funded what we've done to this point, and now we think that we have um, two really really great revenue streams that will scale us and sustain us going forward. And so we'll start exit. We've executed on one of those now, um, and starting in January, we'll start running the other vertical and see what happens. But. The personal low story that's probably easier to tell is I had started a version of this back in 2009. So I had an initial idea and we called it Be Remedy, like be the remedy for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And remember that. it was essentially, we would identify a need locally, put it on social media, let the word spread until somebody said, I wanna help with that, we'd connect the two. Um, so I spent five years, I quit my job, hopped on a plane to Haiti, ran social media inside the Haitian earthquake. Amazing story. So we were able to connect Doctors Without Borders, Samaritan's Purse, the United Nations, all into this town with 100,000 people in it. Um, and I came back and just risked everything. And so I spent five years building that. And along the way, I signed a bad contract with our investors. And five years later, we had built our first version of our technology to scale what we were doing then. And they sat me down two weeks before Christmas and said, hey, we're going to take over this. We'll offer you a seat in marketing uh, and a seat on the board, but these guys are going to take over. And in a night, I lost everything that I worked for. Wow. Um, Wow. Hard lesson. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I was mad at the world. I didn't want to do good. I didn't want to help people anymore. And that next year was really bad for me. Um, And then finally, I started putting pieces back together. And I think I saw... I think the failure helped us to go further faster this time. Um, we, knew, we knew what investors wanted. We knew what the problem was. It was clear this time. Technology had advanced a lot. We were able to build a lot more cheaper. Um, and I had had a lot of other technology experiences in the meantime that helped us build the right thing from the beginning. So I think that was probably just a devastating blow. Um, and now I think it was actually probably the reason we've been so successful this time was from that failure. Well, it it does remind me of so many entrepreneurs out there. When you look back at stories, it literally was that devastating blow. I think Jeff and I just finished a book that he recommended. What was the title? Obstacle Obstacle is is the way. Obstacle is the way. And the, the primary lesson in that is 
you know, when you face an obstacle, it's actually the way to the better idea or the out, the greater outcome. So your description of that story, it's like you thought all it was the last, it, you were done, but that obstacle actually led you to a better place. Sounds like absolutely. And you guys probably know this, but a lot of investors now won't invest in a founder unless they failed already, right? Because you do learn so much more mm-hmm. the next go around. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is a huge lesson right there. I love that. So I didn't know that. But what I hear you saying is some investors out there won't invest in you until they know you've failed at least once. Yep. Wow. And Good there's note for everybody in Silicon Valley and even Atlanta that are doing that. Love it. But in your, I mean, you've, you're building your new idea, your new venture, really on a lot of the lessons you learned, you know, with Be Remedy. Yeah, we did. And it, I think the interesting thing, I, I don't know this, but I don't know how many founders have reattempted the same thing later. You know, I think typically they take their lessons, pivot it towards another idea. And for us, I think I'm, I'm a faith guy and I felt like it was a God vision. And I felt like he was putting this back together. And my wife, who's a CPA, who's wired for security, looked at me and said, you're not trying for this. It's getting led for you. You need to go do this and steward it. And so that was that was the jumping off point of leaving the career and, and going to do this again. Well, it, and it shows the value of having something you're really passionate about because that passion can pull you out of that dark place and get you started again. And it's evident that you knew you were onto something that God had led you to and you, you chose to hang in there. And kudos to your wife, too, for allowing her to kind of pick you up and say, let's go. That's yeah. awesome. She saw the worst of me, and then hopefully the best of me is to come. That's awesome. That's <laughs> well, that's <true>. marriage. So, <laughs> Now, you just got off a plane from Denver, and you know, you're out there hanging out with the mayor and all that, and then you're a few hours away from really launching this thing. Tell us some, some launch lessons as you get closer to this thing, really flying off the launch pad. Yeah, so it's, it's exciting and obviously scary at the same time because um, you're finally going to put it out for the world to see. And, and to this point, uh, we say we launched in 2016. It's probably been a, a large beta that we've done to this point, and the app is really the launch. One of the, the really interesting things that I think we learned along the way was, was this idea of community and local. When we built this, it was you had to sign up for your community. So you would sign up for Gwinnett, and you would only get needs from Gwinnett. And we thought people want to help locally. That's what's going on. Well, as users started signing up from around the country, they were saying, this is an ideal. This is like a community we want to be a part of. And if a kid needs a pair of shoes, yeah, I'd love to help the one two streets over. But if they need a pair of shoes in Atlanta, I'll help that kid today. Let us in. Um, and so we looked at this and said, wow, you know what, with digital community is physical location, but it's also digitally as well. Um, so we are seeing that we're, mo- we're moving with the launch of the app from a tool for good to a community for good. And so now at this point with the app, we are allowing users to sign up from anywhere and you'll see the needs closest to you. It'll default to that. Um, But if there's not needs near you, you'll see the next closest needs to you wherever that is. And then we will be running behind that, just trying to index needs around the country as quick as we can. And and so to that point, Blake, how have you built that community? I mean, how do people even know about, you know, this community? And and, because I've, you know, many times you can launch technology and that's great, but nobody's there. (laughs) You know, one person has downloaded the app. So how how have you built a community that's really already there, ready and waiting for your launch? 
Yeah, and we're still learning. We probably have not done this great. And I think this is one of our pivotal moves with the launch of the app is saying, okay, now this is about people and it's about community. So inside the app, we've built um, a stories feed and that's gonna be everything from impactful stories um, that are happening inside the app. So like for one story, I, a lot of times users don't realize the depth that we're helping some of these people. They think, here's the pair of shoes. But one of the valedictorians from an Atlanta public school high school, she was homeless and she got into Duke and had nothing to go to college. And so we literally outfitted her entire dorm and transitioned into college. Um, and so some of these families, their house burns down and there's 400 items for this family. And users individually with a quick transaction are in and out and they haven't been able to understand the depth that's happening. So inside the stories feed, we're gonna use inspiration and education to drive action. Mm -hmm. So we think this is where it's going to um, build the community and to kind of piecemeal it together, we just jumped to social media. And social media has been our, our Instagram primarily has been our place where we've said, join us here. This is where we're building community. But we've had to be really sensitive philosophically with what we're building because we, we want there it to be social inside the app, but I never wanna know what your financial giving is. So what does a social profile look like where we can interact, but I never know how much money you've given. And so we're looking at you know, some of the fun things. A lot of social media is built off of addictive features. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much you guys have studied this, yeah. you might have, but you know, when you open Instagram, that I, the badge of how many likes you've got is delayed three seconds to mimic a slot machine. It's not instant gratification. You pull it, three second delay, boom, that's how many I got. Um, so they have all of these features built in that's brought to draw you back and addictiveness. And we're looking at the flip side of this thing. The benefits of generosity from a medical standpoint are phenomenal. Like it's life changing. It's reducing Alzheimer's. It's reducing stress. It's helping people live long. It's incredible. And there's medical scientific data to back it up. So we're thinking, wow, can we leverage this for good? And we think it's, it's the old adage, like when you give your life away, you find it. Yeah. Man, this, I think if we can get a user in and teach them the benefits of generosity through inspiration and education, we'll drive action and it will literally make their life better. And probably in here, since we're talking about it, one feature that we've built um, on the transparency side. So your, the notifications go out on Monday of your opportunity to do good. So if you meet a need on Monday, on Wednesday or Thursday, that item's being delivered. So you'll get an automatic thank you saying, hey, your item's going out for delivery today. That's worst case. And I'm telling you, if you're sitting in a meeting, you're having a bad day, yeah. you get a notification that says, hey, wow. what you did on Monday is happening and you're changing somebody's life right now. I'm telling you, I built the system and it changes my day. Like I know it's coming and I'm like, oh, I totally forgot about that. And you talk about the dopamine hit for good, like, oh my gosh, that was great. It's, it's really phenomenal, but we've built it even more robust than that. So you, they can write you a personal note back and then they could even send you a photo back. And there's a lot of confidentiality um, 
issues with some of the organizations, especially with schools. Mm -hmm. But the school social worker may take a photo with a pair of shoes and send it back to you. And your user profile is about the lives that you've changed. So you are tracking how many needs you've met and the dollar value. But all of these stories begin living on your wall. And so you can click in and literally see the pair of shoes that you bought. Mm -hmm. And the stories are really cool. We're having families um, that one family just wrote us and said on Mondays, our kids are really privileged. They have no idea the needs that are around them in their school. And so on Monday nights, they read the text that they get of the story to their kids at bedtime and they meet a need. And then on Wednesday, so they're teaching whole life generosity to these kids at an early age. Well, and you're leveraging the platform that they enjoy using most, right? right? It's like, it's already, they're already tapped into this technology. And so what I love about it is you've, you've really connected the gift of giving to a technology platform that kids are using more than we are. And it's just absolutely, it's, again, it's jaw-dropping. I, I do want to hit the pause button because I actually think this, this idea of inspiration, education leads to action. I will tell you, if you're listening to that, I actually think that is, that's something you ought to steal. If you're thinking about social action out there, if you're working on something at work, if you're trying to get behavior change, what I hear you saying is you've got to inspire people and then you've got to educate people on what they can do. And then that eventually leads to action. And it's such a great principle to take away from this. And I love how you're building, sounds like you're building content around those three deliverables. Yeah, absolutely. And content is endless <laughs> um, at what you can develop. And granted, there's some people who, who are very literal and they're not emotional and they're saying, give me the action step, I'll get in and get out. But for the you know, other 70% of the people that need to be educated and inspired, that's, we really hope to do that well. That's great. That's tell great. us about your corporate sponsors. How does that work? What's their benefit? How does that, you know, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, so thank you. That's sustainability for us. That's <laughs> uh, how we keep the lights on right now. But part of it is uh, we are a nonprofit. So we don't operate as a nonprofit. We treat it just like a for-profit. You'll hear me talk about investors and donors and hiring and stuff. Like we just operate just like that. But the corporate sponsorship model for us, we give it away for free to schools and nonprofits. Um, And there's a lot of fraud prevention that goes into every need. That way a user never gets scammed. Um, So we have copywriters that are teaching, working with the school social workers. They're crafting the messages. So they enter the story in. they go shopping to, you know, the kid needs a white pair of Converse versus a brown pair of boots. So sponsorship allows us to have the team members needed to do the fraud prevention, give it away to these schools and nonprofits, teach them technology and how to use it well. And basically the sponsor becomes the community hero. And so every single need that goes out each week says kid needs a pair of shoes. And in Georgia, it says powered by Georgia Power. So Georgia Power has sponsored the entire state of Georgia. Um, And we've went from 11 school districts to we have 67 school districts onboarding right now because of Georgia Power. Um, So we're looking for corporate sponsors around the country so that we can scale in all these states around the country. But it's really unique because the value proposition back to them, 100% of our users they're going to they're going to see your logo and your name so it's on the notification or text message um, under the purchase button it also says powered by and then if you're just on the city landing page indexing all the needs in the the city it also has your name there as well i love the fact that you're allowing organizations to be a part of something bigger than they could on their own that that's what's really neat when i think about 
like an example of Georgia Power, um, you're providing a platform that allows them to reach people in need on a, almost a global scale um, that they could probably never have the resources and more importantly the time to create the resources or the platform to be able to do that so it's a pretty cool connection that you're doing with organizations well and when you talk about creating new markets i think a lot of brands social good is important right and the next generation the gen z's they're calling them philanthro teens like they care so much about doing good and the Patagonias of the world are gonna win the clothing market because their social impact is so clear and transparent. So the next generation is gonna demand it. And I think a lot of these companies have known that social good marketing is, is part of what they're doing, but how do you hit the people who care about that? And I think our platform is gonna be 100%. You can target your social good ads. And granted, we don't do advertising. It's your logo, but man, you're seen to an audience that cares about who, what brands are doing good. 100% of our audience is there. So as we, we grow and scale, we see huge implications inside of natural disasters of how we're gonna be able to go into that and streamline one-to-one -one transactions inside of, inside of disasters. So we think there's a lot of opportunities for matching campaigns. This can get really fun for brands. And so we see a huge roadmap. And then something else that we're testing, um, and we'll, we'll kind of tell your audience about it, we have all these user profiles in our platform. And so we've been thinking, what does it look like for groups of people to come together and do good and then track collective metrics? What are the implications of that for the church, for corporations, for civic organizations? And so we tested this with uh, Star 94 here in Atlanta, the Jeff and Jen morning show. And they were like, how do we reimagine telethons? We go on the air, we beg for money, users hate it, we hate it, but we love the impact that it has. And so what we did last Christmas was we went and found families that needed Christmas. And we, we told their story, uh, we got their story, and we went live on the air and we said, guys, sign up via this link, perposity.com slash Jeff and Jen show. We're gonna do something really cool. We had a thousand people join our team. And we went on air in one segment, five minutes, told their story. And then we sent a text message out to everybody on their team with an item. In 15 minutes, we provided Christmas for that family and it was done. We came back from commercial break and said, it's done, we did it. The next day we did two families. The next day we did three families. The longest it took was 17 minutes. And then the crescendo as we went to Children's Health Care of Atlanta, we did two toys for every single cancer patient they had for Christmas. And that was done in under 23 minutes. And so- I've had so many jaw dropping moments today. I'm like, this is the, like the best interview ever. Um, <laughs> I just, I, there's so much there. And, and what I love about it, the, the opportunities quite honestly seem endless. Like you're just, you're, you know, one idea away from the next big thing because of it's just an endless opportunity here because there's so many, unfortunately, there aren't so many people out there that have needs. But the refreshing thing is there's so many people out there that want to help people in need and you're connecting the two. And I love that. As you look ahead, maybe just to kind of wrap up, as you look ahead, what are you most excited about? I really think it's probably the community aspect of mm -hmm. it. Being able to unite the people who care about this and say, we, we, we're saying Perposity is a community of people proving that humanity is good. And so what does it look like if we do have the next Instagram on our hands for good? What if we have 100 million people on this platform? We could go to Scott Harrison and say, 
what's it cost to fund every water well in Africa? Great, we need, say we need $50 million. We could send a push notification, fund it in a matter of minutes, and then head to the next, like, the idea and concept of neighbor, scaling that across the globe and figuring out the organizations that have real systems to, to solve these issues and then rallying people behind it, I think that's just gonna be beautiful. And, and I think there's not really been a lifestyle brand like worth identifying with. So I think if we can get the brand right, you know, the Snapchat, the Instagram of good that you actually wanna wear the clothing line of and wear the t-shirts for and have the sticker, then I think we unite humanity around the good in the world. Um, and so I think that's what, what's got me really excited. So um, we'd love to just finish up by first saying thank you. Yeah, um, gosh, what an unbelievable day for us to, to get to hear this. And, and literally, like Jeff said, you're, you're minutes and moments away from launching this and how exciting that is. What would you like or encourage our listeners to do? How can they get more information about what you're doing? If they want to inquire about that, if they're interested in putting their community group together, what would be a best next step for our listeners? Yeah, obviously, um, simple action step is please download the app. Um, even if you have no intention of meeting the need, download the app, create a profile. At some point along the way, you'll get the hook and you'll, you'll do it and you'll experience the benefits of generosity. And that's, that's our main ask. Um, so just please download the app. The next thing would be if you know a, a corporation that would be great for a potential sponsor, that would be amazing for us. Hello at perposity.com is the email address. If you have great introductions, know the local school districts, um, can have the right contacts there. We really just need to onboard great nonprofits, great school districts, and then a few more corporate sponsors. Wow. This has been huge. So first of all, thanks for the quick turnaround. I called you like two days ago <laughs> for this. So excited about this. As Blake said, please download the app. And we think you're going to do this. And then once you do this, I, I love the addictive uh, possibility of good. Oh, it's unbelievable. And, and so we'll put a lot of your information in our show notes and capture some of the tidbits that we've talked about. Um, and that way it can direct people to, to – uh, uh, to the app and to the launch, and we couldn't be more excited. We'll be, I, I know our whole community will be praying for you and uh, the launch of this uh, exciting endeavor, and uh, we just couldn't be more blessed to, to have you here today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. That'll do it for this episode. Where, By the way, where is... Uh, Kevin and David Farmer. They're running somewhere. They're somewhere in the building. <laughs> They're somewhere, but they missed out. They'll have to listen to the podcast to get the full appreciation. And Blake, of what we're going to make sure they download the podcast. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time here at Launch University. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com. 